Hey guys, this is Texas Slim. I'm recording a new podcast. It's been a while since I've been here. I've been getting uh, extremely busy, which is a very good thing. We have our conference coming up April 23rd, Kerrville, Texas. Uh, if you don't know about it, if you are not aware of it, you can go to beefinitiative.com right now and you can uh, sign up. You can get tickets. Uh, we are selling tickets. It's starting to gain some steam and some momentum. Kerrville, Texas, April 23rd, the first annual Beef Initiative Conference. There's going to be a heck of a lineup. I will let you know what that lineup is moving forward. What I wanted to do with my podcast, I have a lot of very great followers right now that are very intentional. They're listening to the signal uh, once a week. I will start providing Texas Slim Signal. It'll be somewhat of a, I'd say, old time radio report, perhaps. Um, I talk to a lot of people every week. Uh, a lot of ranchers, of course, uh, a lot of people that are into the regenerative farming and ranching um, mindset, and they're showing proof of work. They're wanting to get into it. The conversations are across the board. It's it's not just about beef. It's just not about cattle. It's about food. It's about sound. Basically, it's about sound money, sound health, sound communications, and a sound future. That is exactly what the Beef Initiative is about. Our why is to start saving children's lives. How do we do that? We educate the parents. We educate the parents-to-be. We educate the adults. And we basically provide a new form of food intelligence that I I do not believe that we've had in this country for over five decades. Reading my Substack that you have, some of you have, I hope, most of you have, um, there's a very good storyline of basically where we came from, uh, where we're going, uh, the paradigm shift that is happening within our food industry. It is being taken over. Food is being used as a weapon against our society, against our children, and against our communities. The empowerment of us as people as citizens has been taking away from us. There's been a paradigm shift that has been happening for several decades now. Really, I've, I like to focus on right now, the last 20 years. The food that we are consuming these days is nothing like what we did 20 years ago. It is nothing like it was that our grandfathers, our grandmothers, our ancestors, were able to successfully provide to their families and it gave them a lifestyle. It gave them a means to basically raise their families and it was an empowerment source that they could give back to their local communities. Um, I was listening to Lonesome Lands. Um, I have not met him. I do not even know his name. He is a rancher out of Kansas. I've been following him for several years now. He is top notch. He's on it. If you go to Twitter and you search at Lonesome Lands, you can find him. If you would like to know about the struggles of our ranchers across the United States, he is providing excellent intelligence. He also has a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Lonesome Lands. I suggest that you reach out to him, tell him that you want to help. How can you help him? L- allow him to educate 
you in a way that you will never find out from the mainstream media, from news across this nation, which is mostly censored when it comes to the, the global actions that are happening right now within processing, within production, within market access, within labeling, within the FDA, within the USDA, there is a deception that is basically stealing the health of the United States citizens. Right now, as I speak, 78% of Americans are either obese or they're overweight. That is facts, and that's all we do is bring facts to you. That's my purpose. I will always lead with truth and honesty. And as far as knowing exactly what's going on with our children in the United States, I'm working with doctors, I'm working with food producers, I'm working with community food providers, suppliers. I've had meetings for the last year with processors, microprocessors across the state of Texas. So whenever I do report something, whenever I do write about something, it is proof of work. It is something that I've verified. I do not trust in the beginning. I always make sure I don't, I really don't know how many thousands of miles that I've traveled in the, in the last two years. I can say this is I've traveled all the way from the Gulf of Texas to the borders of Canada. I've gone all the way out to California all the way out to Florida. Every time I've done this, I've stopped in small towns, small communities, faith missions, um, food suppliers, farmers, ranchers, animal producers, processors. The list of people that I've been able to go up to, shake their hand, look them in the eye, and ask them to tell me a story based on their life, on their ancestors' life, there's an underlining emotion and truth. Our food has been taken out of the mouths of our ancestors and has been given to the control of global corporations. This is something that has much power behind it. Whenever I do speak of processors, the food producers, the industrial food complex, it is a very fine line to balance. You have to sit on the fence in both ways. You cannot poke the bear too much, but you, in this country, we are allowed of freedom of speech and, and of education and of communication. What a lot of people do not understand, one thing that hinders free market access to pure animal protein are the processors and packers that are not even really owned by the United States. An example that basically has been happening since the year 2000 is a concentration of the four major beef processors in the United States. These corporations are global corporations. I'll use an example as, as far as JBS. JBS is a Brazilian-owned corporation. Currently, JBS is the, uh, the largest uh, 
processor meatpacking corporation in the world. They are a Brazilian corporation. That's where they're founded. Their parent company is, is actually called 3G. Um, their owner is in prison in Brazil for bribing the president and the government of Brazil. Um, this past year, JBS's margins have gone up over 30%. Their net gains, 347%. As they've made these record profits during the time of COVID, the American public has paid the highest for beef and animal protein that they ever have in history. So as American families are being basically priced out of their lifestyles, out of their food uh, consumption models, when it comes to pure animal protein, the four major processing plants in the United States are making record gains, record margins, and there's no end in sight. Uh, within the processing industry, it is very complex. It is, it is something that has happened over, like I said, 20 years. Um, used to, it was IBP was one of the biggest processors in the nation. IBP started pretty close to where I grew up and IBP was bought out by Tyson, which was the biggest poultry producer in the United States at the time. And what they've been able to do is they've been able to take over a lot of the producing market as far as processing and supplying market from chicken to pork to beef. Whenever you have this large consolidation of these global corporations, what you do is you create a bottleneck that, uh, that eliminates the market access in certain ways that people do not understand. From the animals being harvested, they have to have a, a place to be able to be sold on the market. The processing plants also control this flow of your protein to the supermarkets, thus into your, your, your households, to your family, to your plate. Um, as we've evolved and they've taken more control, the consolidations have gained steam. The market access has also changed. Whenever you have this consolidation of market access of pure animal protein, that means that uh, the, the intentions of that market access become more profit driven instead of being driven by pure animal nutrition. We are seeing that across the board. One thing that a lot of people in my research has allowed me to uncover is JBS, Cargill, Tyson, National. Every four of uh, these processing plants that do control over 80% of the processing in the United States now have contracts, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of contracts with the fake meat companies that are moving forward and they're moving forward fast. This is not something that has happened overnight. This has been planned for the last decade. Um, whenever you create a new product, which is now going to be fake meat from stem cell meat to GMO meat to vegetable, um, vegetable protein meat, to the 3D printed meat, everything that has been building in the labs um, as far as the discovery on how to manipulate um, food products, uh, especially grains, especially now the cow itself, 
and now within, you know, bioengineering, um, there's going to be a lot of planning that takes place. These processing plants require much technology, much automation. With all of the processing plants that are having and establishing these relationships with these fake meat companies, it should raise a red flag to the American public in a way that it scares them. People laugh at it and say, oh, I'll never eat a, a vegetable hamburger, a veggie hamburger that it looks like meat, fake meat. What people truly do not understand is the fake meat commodity that they are developing is going to be in everything that you eat. Just like today, basically, I'd say over 50 to 60% of most products that people consume on a daily basis has some sort of soy oil, seed oil, or basically modified vegetable protein. Their intentions, I do not know. I will not go that far. There's no reason to. The one thing that we do need to understand in the United States of America, testosterone levels in men are going down. Little young boys in their teenage years are showing up with uh, testosterone counts of 200. Uh, infertility, infertility rates are growing across the board in women and in men. Sperm counts are dropping. People are having less children. The children that we do have right now, the ages five to 11, are either obese or overweight and are on their way to diabetes. These are facts. These are facts that came out during COVID. So almost half of our children between the ages of five and 11 are now obese or overweight. And some children I've come across eight, nine, five, six, 11, 13, diabetic, shooting insulin every day. This is a pandemic, an epidemic of proportions that nobody really wants to admit. The one thing that we have to understand, we have to go ourselves as adults and we have to look in the mirror and we have to ask ourselves, why do I desire what I desire? Well, I can tell you when it comes to food, you have no idea why you desire that food. Your body your metabolical health desires nutrition. What we think when we eat is that we're getting nutrition. Basically, we're just, we're, we're creating a process that makes our hunger never go away. Our insulin levels are off the charts. We are metabolically bankrupt as a nation. And this comes from doctors that I work with. You can go out there and find out the health of the United States. I think that was proven the last two years without question. Um, the health of this nation is in trouble. And so what we have to do, if you're going to want that change, whenever you're going to ask yourself, why do I desire what I desire? You need to educate yourself with a new form of food intelligence. Our taste buds have been hijacked. Our labeling laws are now corrupt. The organic labeling, the GMO labeling, GMO is now bioengineered. Um, they do not have to put anything on the packages. All they have to do now is a barcode. FDA is introducing a thousand new chemicals into our food supply as we speak. 
you ask why do they need to do a thousand new chemicals into our food supply? That doesn't even go into account the amount of chemicals the FDA has now approved for things as far as makeup, cosmetics, lotions, shampoos, soaps, and your skin is your second stomach. To uncover all of this takes time. It takes a low time preference. This is a slow roll. There's a 10 year plan to basically fully change our consumption models and everybody looks at the great reset. Well, the great reset is part of a monetary reset, which is also a part of a food supply reset. If you've watched anything, you're starting to see a, the signal of food supply shortages coming. That is by design. It is something that they will manipulate the American public into consuming different types of foods with labeling and marketing world-class. We are the best marketers in the world. Um, the packages always look pretty. The words always sound fantastic. But one thing that we cannot argue is that the diet and nutrition experts in this country that have got us here live on a 12-month cycle of recycling the diet fads, the marketing plans, the never-ending quest for people to not be overweight. But now even in the, in the mainstream media, it doesn't matter, you know, if you are 200, 300 pounds overweight, they're going to say that you are beautiful. They do not say that you will be metabolically bankrupt and you will have health problems for the rest of your life. I've uh, had a podcast with Dr. Phil Ovedia. He is saying men in their 30s are now coming into his operating table and he's having to perform heart surgeries. Dr. Mary Kerr out of Dallas, Texas, She's the one that reports to me about the testosterone in our boys across this nation. She does functional medicine. These doctors are very qualified. They've done everything the system, the medical field has ever asked them to do. They're there to save lives. The, the type of education that is required now to create a new consumption model for ourselves and our, our children is changed. The beef initiative is going to be something that evolves. I am talking with people across the nation at this time, and we are building networks of communities that do control the vertical integration of our human health. The vertical integration of our human health starts with the beef initiative. We start with the soil, to the grass, to the cow, to the producer, to the processor, to the supplier, forming the new market access that allows you to have human health. In the long run, the beef initiative is nothing more than a human health initiative. We're here to reach out to the ranchers. We're going up to them. We're shaking their hand. We're asking them, please teach me. How can I help you? I'm here to help you. Let me know why you do what you do and how I can assist. I feel guilty if I do not talk to my animal producer, my rancher on a weekly basis. I have several across the country now that I use. At this time, everybody in my family, we are food secure. We will always be food secure. And that starts with me going out and shaking hands and talking to people. 
The division of interpersonal communication in this nation has been destroyed in ways that very few people understand or are willing to talk about. In the year 2001, after 9-11, I was young, professional, doing pretty well in the technology space. I was asked to write a research report about the the form of communication in the United States and how it was going to change with the onslaught of devices into the households and into our hands. The division of interpersonal communication was predicted. I see it. I see it in within my own family. I see it in when, with my my children. It is something that we always have to uh, discuss, of course, because one thing that I, I was able to do before I started the Beef Initiative, I was pretty much almost device-free, application-free, I really was not part of that. I decentralized my 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 life in a way that I was very happy with. Whenever I first went out on harvest of last year, summer of last year, I saw how dire the need is to do what I'm doing. I had no plans. I didn't have uh, any guidance. What I did is I had boots on the ground. I said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of my fam- <clears throat> family dying. And I'm sick of our children not having a chance. If you have any desire to change what's going on in this country, I ask you that you follow, you spread the word, that you get it out there, that something has to change. I'm not a doomer. I'm not gloom and doom. This is something that is, it is a reality. We understand the manipulation that goes on in the news. We understand the lack of trust that has been developed within our medical, within our government, within our food supply systems, with our banking systems, with our money. We're moving forward with sound money, sound health, sound communications, for a sound future. It's here. We have it. Sound money. We're educating on Bitcoin. It is happening. And we're providing education through the Beef Initiative. If you're a producer, if you need to learn about Bitcoin, turn off your YouTube, come to the Beef Initiative. And you can email me directly at producers at beefinitiative.com. As far as sound health, we're leading with pure animal protein. We have two touch points, you and your producer, producer and you. You develop that relationship and we're helping bridge those gaps within the Beef Initiative. Sound communications, decentralized communication structures are being built across the United States and across the world. One good example is Podcasting 2.0 led by Adam Curry himself. Adam and I are friends. He's somewhat of a mentor to me. Uh, He's been in this communications models for a very long time. He is a pioneer. I ask you to reach out, no agenda, see what he's doing, see how they are doing it within their structure of communication, podcasting 2.0. Sound future. That's what we're all here about. We're here to have a sound future. We're able to tie these nodes together. We're able to do it. In the past, I don't believe that we had the basically the mindset or the understand, understanding of decentralizing our, our lives in a way that we need to at this time. 
The monetary reset is coming. The food supply reset is coming. The great reset is being attempted. There's, uh, there's, there's much corruption across the board. What we see as far as our food, one reason that we are in the place that we are is because our soil is dying. They're trying to paint a picture that climate change is here, that the cow is now being criminalized, you know, globally. What very few people truly understand is the United States of America only has 94 million cattle. India has over 300 million cattle. Russia has more cattle than the United States. This past year, Cargill built a mask for methane for cows. That is asinine. And if anybody believes this, this orchestration of climate change in that the cow is now a carbon hazard, then there's deception that you need to take a step back, understand where carbon comes from, understand what the soil does for our carbon footprint and what the true solutions are. There are many animal producers, cattle producers that use animals as land tools. They are able to fertilize their lands in natural ways. They're able to regrow the soil in ways that were stolen from us, how my grandfather did, how your grandparents did, how our nation was formed. I grew up on the Llano Estacado, Panhandle, Texas. There was hundreds of millions of bison that basically fed and nurtured the soil for thousands of years before we came and settled these lands. The Comanche Indian lived on these lands for a thousand years before us. There is so much history behind our shoulders that we can look over the rearview mirror that we can grab a hold now and we can see that it was done right before the chemical corporations basically stole our food from us. My grandfather lost his farm in the eighties. He was older. He sold it. Uh, it, it should have stayed in our family. It didn't. Um, one reason is because of pesticides, herbicides, monocropping. This is a challenge for me because I've, I've made, and I talk to very many farmers and ranchers that are monocroppers. I was on a harvest company. There is a fine line that we all have to understand. This is not a judgment, but this is a call to action to understand where pure animal protein comes from, what soil truly is. Soil is not dirt. The importance of the land tools that are being used, the, the mastery of skill that our animal producers and our grass farmers, what they do on a daily basis to help us live in a very high level of empowerment as far as animal protein it is criminal that they do not get as much respect and it is absolutely crazy that nobody understands the amount of work and education that they put into their lives 
I've met several key local um, farmers, ranchers, and animal producers. There's going to be several that speak at our conference. I start off with um, is Cole Bolton, K&C Cattle. I'll be doing a po- podcast with Cole. Uh, he's out of Central Texas. He's a fourth generational rancher. Then we also have Jason Rick of Rick Ranches out of Crawford, Colorado. We'll be having our second conference with Jason in July. It's amazing how much both of these ranchers put in to their protocol in raising beef. They do it differently. There's geographical things that they have to consider. There's demographics. There's different soils. There's different water supplies. Not one rancher is the same. And that is the beauty of it. And that is the education that we need to start providing. Whenever we try to start consolidation and consolidating the protocol of raising pure animal protein, we've lost the battle. It should be left up to the individual rancher and his skill set, his knowledge, his education, his drive, his intentionality, his agency. That has been lost. Most of the people that I see um, and talk to, some of our ranchers are captured in ways that they cannot get out underneath the bear umbrella, Monsanto bear, the technology use agreements. There, it is a very complicated mess. By saying that, there is a way out. There is the vertical integration. The Beef Initiative was also going to have several other panel speakers at the conference. I'll give you a list. And before we get to the conference, I'm going to be doing a podcast with the, each and individual of these. We're going to have Dr. Mary Kerr out of Dallas. We're going to have Michael Atwood of Oshi, the Oshi app, Bitcoin. We're going to have Parker Lewis of Unchained Capital out of Austin, Texas. We're going to have Marty Bent, media company, TFTC. We're going to have Cole Bolton. We're going to have Jason Rick. We're going to have myself. And we're going to have Jimmy Song out of Austin, Texas as well. With that diverse lineup, we're going to be able to give you a clear understanding and a call to action of sound money, sound health, sound communications, and a sound future. So by saying all this, it's somewhat not organized. It's not outlined. I cannot read scripts. I was not going to be a podcaster. But one thing I can guarantee you, when I started this journey, I started it with my own money. I'm not a rich man. I liquidated 90% of my life. I invested it into a protocol called Bitcoin. And I've been able to, for the last two years, not work for anybody and do this on my own with strategy, leverage, heart, grit, truth, honesty. I've not received a dime for the beef initiative. I feel somewhat guilty for asking for money at this time. But by saying that, we've built a platform, beefinitiative.com, in partnership with KNC Cattle. We are selling beef boxes. Um, I cannot tell you exactly the dollar amount, but I can... I can assure you that we have proof of work and we have many, many satisfied customers. 
we're going to grow that. I need other producers to come in and discuss with me if they would like to do the same as Cole has done with KNC Cattle. We need everybody from Maine to Washington State to California to Florida and everything in the middle to come to the Beef Initiative. If you are out there selling beef and you are out there selling beef boxes or you would like to, we can facilitate the e-commerce process. We can work with you to where we can get your name out there if you need to sell locally, regionally, through your state, or through across the United States. I have not asked for one dime from any rancher or animal producer or farmer. And the only time that we will actually make money within the beef initiative will be because of value for value exchange. I have not asked for any money from anybody. I will have not talked to any VC firms. We will be a corporation. We will have several entities of that corporation, one being a nonprofit. Everything is being done legally in the proper way. And we also will be starting to advise on some processing aspects in the state of Texas. This will be announced at the conference in Kerrville on April 23rd. By saying all of this, what I want you to understand, me as a person, me as a man, I was not going to do this. My plans were to, my son graduates this year in high school. We were going to go see the world in certain ways. This has been taken away from us. And we don't have to go into that and, and how that has been robbed from us. My life up to this point was I was a poor boy that grew up in a small town in Texas. Everything that I've ever accomplished has done by my own grit, the intelligence that God gave me. And I can assure you that the beef initiative is moving forward. We are going to change the health of this nation. We are going to change the way people look at food. We are going to basically create a new market access that was stolen from us that our grandparents fought hard to develop. And as you, as the individual that is listening to me, I'm never going to be overly produced. I'm going to be in Miami next week. If you're going to Miami, come up and shake my hand and let's have a conversation. This is about human relationships. This is not about money. This is about empowerment, strength, legacy, heritage, and tradition. I ask that you join me. We have over 10 podcasts coming within the next three weeks. <laughs> Apologize for uh, slacking there. Uh, there will always be conversational. Um, I'm going to go ahead and release this, even though I get choked up a little bit. Maybe you can see my passion my honesty, and my intent. God bless everybody. I hope to meet you. And remember, April 23rd, Kerrville, Texas, the first annual Beef Initiative Conference. Third week in July, Crawford, Colorado, second Beef Initiative Conference, Rick Ranches. Third will be 
in Georgia, I'll say South Georgia, find out who's in South Georgia and you might be able to figure that out. September fourth conference this year, unknown. We're going to figure that out as we go down this path. 2022 is going to be a very interesting year. Understand sound money, sound health, sound communications, and a sound future. It's here. I can guarantee it. We have proof of work. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.